Keep on the sunny side, always on the sunny side. Keep on the sunny side of life. It will help us every day. It will brighten all the way if you keep on the sunny side of life. Hi, my name is Joe Martin. I'm the pastor at First Baptist Church in Toledo, Washington. And here it is, the middle of June. I'm still wearing a coat, and uh, I'm, but it's it's still beautiful. Look how green it is in this um, beautiful spot, not far from Mount St. Helens in Toledo, Washington. This is the an, a cabin talk from for our midweek service at First Baptist Church Toledo. And I want to thank you for watching these and. A lot of you have been telling me that you've been sharing them. And, and yeah, different people have been coming to some of our in-person services. They've been catching these. So thank you for doing that. You know, we're, I want to talk to you um, in a two-part message. This is the first part. And the second part will be this Sunday. And it's living in a world full of Herods. And Herod was a leader in Jesus' time. And this is part one. You know, you and I are called to be strangers and aliens in this world. Now, it doesn't, it's easy for me to be strange, and maybe you too, but, but, and sometimes we think about the term alien in terms of like, like, you know, outer space. But he's really saying, you're, um, in the Bible, that term is referred to this strange, we live like strangers and aliens. We're like from people that have immigrated from another place. And um, what he means by that is that we need to recognize that we're different, that we are called to be different. You are called to be of a different culture, a different mindset, to have a different way of thinking and a different way of speaking, a different way of acting, a different allegiance. You are called to be different, to be countercultural in a way. You are to reject the ways of the, the ungodliness of the culture around you. Jesus, and this is hard to do because we're kind of swimming in it and we're socialized in the middle of it and it's hard to know, but Jesus taught us that we live in a f world that is really full of Herods, you know, of political and religious leaders that live and operate in the opposite, in opposite of his way, in opposition of his way. They live maybe not intentionally anti-Christ, but their way really is and their motives are really anti-Christ. Even though they might claim religion or say, God bless you or whatever. You see, we, you and I are not to follow or even allow ourselves to be influenced by these figures I call the Herods. We're not to admire them or be impressed with them. And that's hard not to be because... Uh, power is impressive. Win winning is impressive. Yet, it just like Jesus had um, uh, the Herods of his time, there were multiple generations of them, he told his disciples them not to imitate them or swear allegiance to them. And of course, neither are we. 
we are not to ever swear allegiance to anyone or anything above our allegiance to following the way of Christ. Yet, there are Herods in every generation, and ours too. There are Herods in every group of people. There can be Herods in families of the way they conduct themselves and run things. Now, these are not actual Herods or relatives of the Herods, but they are Herod-like in their leadership. They are Herod-like in their their aspect and the way they conduct themselves. Now, the Herods in Jesus' day were um, Jews in name. They were religious, but only so much as it, it served their purposes. They were the classic... Um, political and uh, personality and leadership personality that used God as a means to reach the ends of their own power. They primarily had their allegiance to the superpower forces that were around them. They, were, that were, uh, they held them above God, Caesar, Rome. They were put in place and held in place by Rome. They were religious people in public, as I said, but they were incredibly wicked in private and in their policies. They were violent people as a family. The, the ends justified the means. You know, we know Herod the Great. You remember the story from the Christmas narratives about Herod the Great, um, that when Herod saw that he had been tricked in Matthew 2.16, um, he was tricked by the Magi. He became enraged and sent and slew all the male children who were in Bethlehem and all its vicinity for two years, from two years old and under, according to the time which had been determined by the Magi. There, it didn't even bother him at all to kill the innocents. And then his son, who came after him, Herod Antipas, he was religious too in the sense of like, he had self-identified, but he had really been trained and raised in the Roman, the way of a Roman, and put in power later in a way that, um, because he had this Jewish heritage, um, and he could claim that as technically the king of them. But he was religious only in the way that it helped him. He was a decadent man. He was immoral. He took his brother's wife um, uh, for his own wife. He was vengeful, controlling. He killed thousands of people uh, to keep himself in power. He was fabulously rich, power hungry, and yet very fearful of what anything that might take him out. And surprisingly, and I guess we shouldn't be surprised, Incredibly popular. Does this sound familiar? You know, being popular, um, like in Arab Proverbs says, people always root for the fast horse. In other words, they uh, people are attracted, they're drawn to power. You know, those first disciples, our forebearers, they were impressed with this kind of power. As a matter of fact, they imagined that they would... Be a earthly, they would have earthly kingdom power. And of course, they probably told themselves, like probably all well-intended person does at some point, that, oh, I will handle the power differently. I will be the good leader. Well, maybe it's because God created us to follow God 
We're all wired to want to find God and to find gods or to create gods, to follow leaders or kings. But this tendency is easily and almost universally perverted. We know that this was true. James and John and Mark uh, 1035, they came to Jesus, the sons of Zebedee, and they said, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, What do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant that we may sit on your right hand and on your left in your glory. They wanted a, they wanted a taste of the glory, right? But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism which I am baptized? You see, they didn't understand the kind of leader that Jesus was calling them to be and that he was. They said to him, we are able. And Jesus said to him, the cup that I drink, you shall drink. And you shall be baptized with the baptism which I am baptized. He's speaking about suffering. Remember, this cup passed from me. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but for those whom it has been prepared. In other words, God has prepared certain people and when you promote yourself beyond what you were prepared for, it's always a disaster. Verse 41, hearing this, they, the ten began to feel indignant at James and John. Calling them to himself, Jesus says to them, You know those who are recognized as the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And their great men exercise authority over them. He says, you know how it is in the world, the way the world works. You know, you got the big shots and they tell everybody what to do and they got all these management techniques and they got all these committees on committees and, and you got the person who's in charge and they control everything. We all get that. Maybe in Jesus' day it was a little different, but it's the same idea, top-down leadership. And then he says something absolutely earth-shaking to his disciples. I'm sure it was heart disheartening for them. But it is not this way among you. Let me run that by you again. Not, it shouldn't be. It is not this way among you. But whoever wishes to be great among you shall be your servant. Whoever wishes to be first among you shall be the slave of all. And then he says, I'm the example. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give himself, not get, give himself his life a ransom for many. Jesus makes it clear that you and I are not to be impressed or emulate or imitate or try to be or be try to be or be part of this kind of leadership. Not be associated with it. You have to discern or you will be deceived. You have to step back from your your how easily you can be dis you know, mesmerized and captivated. You must also work not to be a Herod kind of leader if you have any leadership responsibilities. Jesus made this clear. He told his disciples something in Mark eight fifteen, a passage that isn't talked about much, and he was giving orders to them. Now remember, this is Jesus giving orders, saying, watch out. Beware of the leaven or the yeast of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And the leaven of Herod. Leaven is influence. Now I have, uh, Karen's been trying to teach me how to, you know, 
use sourdough, you know, sourdough kind of for baking. And I've been making it. And Karen, I got to say, I've had some success, but not some, not so much. Maybe I get in too big of a hurry, but you work it into the dough and it takes time, but eventually it changes the entire consistency of the lump of dough. Jesus says, you watch out for that. The leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Watch out for the overbearing opinions of religious people, of religious sects, legalism. Watch out. Don't get pulled into it. Even if they're really sincere, don't get pulled into it. And then you watch out for the cultural and man-made rules that they give you that get treated as equal to God's command, but they're really the teachings of men. They teach people that, that somehow if they keep this list of do's and don'ts, that somehow they're better than other people and deserving of heaven. And then he says, watch out for the yeast or the leaven of Herod. You know, Herod was a, especially Herod Antipas, we see that he demanded to be treated like a god, and people did. They were so starstruck by him and his presentation and his clothes and everything. But God was not impressed. Acts chapter twelve twenty one says, On the appointed, appointed day, Herod, speaking of Antipas, having put his royal apparel, took a seat on the rostrum and began delivering an address to them. And the people kept crying out, The voice of God and not a man. And immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give God the glory. And he was eaten by worms and died. Now, you can unpack that later. <laughs> but you get the impression from the narrative very clearly, this is not okay. And yet this is day-to-day -day, um, television, media presentation these days, isn't it? Herod was popular in his day until he came to this tragic end. Herod had a political party called the Heridians. They were filled up of different religious denominations, but they supported him. And they were very, very influential and had a lot of power. And yet Jesus said he was giving orders to them saying, watch out. Beware the leaven of the Pharisees, those legalistic religious people, and the leaven of Herod, the influence of these passionate political people. As we head into this red-hot cultural and political season, and you know it is already on us, you are in the world, but you are not, a, not to be of the world. You are not. You should exercise your right as a citizen, but, not be, but be discerning and not be pulled into these passions, these distortions, and allow your influence for Christ and your allegiance for Christ to be overtaken with the leaven of Herod. Remember, he said, watch out. You watch out. You stay alert to this in your life in big and small ways. Beware in your words and in your actions and in your, your, the way you conduct yourself, the way you fill your mind and your lives and what you watch and listen to. You beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Beware for the yeast, the influence of legalists and political opportunists. You have one allegiance. And just because somebody says they're on God's side doesn't make it so. The people that crucified Jesus said God was on their side. They were doing it for God. The Apostle Paul, when he killed Christians, he was doing it for God, he thought. A zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. 
Jesus didn't come to take sides, as one person said, but to take over your life. He came to take over, not take sides. Take over your life and even take over the lives of your opponents, of those that you might disagree with. They need Jesus. They need him more than anything. And the only way you will be able to impact them is if you aren't completely distorted by the leaven of the scribes or the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. We're going to talk more about how you live, how Jesus lived in a world full of Herods this Sunday. I hope you come because we're going to need to know how to do what love requires toward people that are very different so that we can be that unexplainable community. Thanks for listening. God bless you. And I'll look forward to seeing you on Sunday.